the presenting problem is that you don't have enough space in your home to embrace your creative needs. If you have like a craft or a hobby or a passion that takes up a lot of space, some things require a lot of space. Some things require less space, but we think they require more space. You know, I have painted on coffee tables and I've painted on my easel and I have painted at my extra little painting desk that I found on Marketplace. And the painting process is basically the same, no matter what. All that to say that it was not that I needed a very specific space in order to do my craft. This is the neurodivergent creative. Spicy brains unpacking all the shame. It's time for you to come be creative. With Kaylin Fisher as your host and creative coach. They'll change your approach and tell you a joke to lighten your load and help you along or sing you a song. Hello again, friends, and welcome back to the Neurodivergent Creative Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Liz Fisher, and today we are wrapping up our little three-part series that you didn't know was a series on the things that get in the way of our time and attention for creativity. So the first episode was about lack of time. That was episode 86. And then we had lack of focus. That was last week. And then today we're going to talk about lack of space, which you might think like, oh, whatever, you can do creativity anywhere. But for people who would like a designated location to do their creative thing, a lack of space can be a huge problem. Also, alternatively, we might think that we need a designated creative space. And so that becomes a mental block to allowing ourselves to create in good enough spaces. For example, when I first left my abusive husband, I was looking for like studio apartments. I was like, I just want something small, cheap as possible. Like I just, I just want to be out. So I was looking at studios and one bedrooms and some friends, like a lot of friends were like, why don't you just get a two bedroom, like have an office, you're a writer, you you deserve an office. And if you can afford it, it's okay to take up the space. And it became this sort of symbol of my independence that I wanted an apartment with a second bedroom so that I could have a designated office and creative space. So I got a place, two bedrooms, I had my bedroom, the living room, sparsely furnished. I had a hammock and an armchair that I bought at a Goodwill. And I used a blow-up mattress, like an air mattress, as basically a couch. <laughs> it was just sort of an additional place for lounging. Lounging? Loungery? Lounging. And my bed was pretty basic. And then I had my office, which my desk that I have has been with me for years. And so it was like this desk, I have an easel, it had like a little area in the corner with like cozy stuffies and pillows and stuff. And I was like, this is my cozy corner. Spoiler alert, right? <laughs> you know, you know what's going to happen. I was writing my book at the time, my first book, The Gaslighting of the Millennial Generation. And I was like, okay, I'm going to write it in my office. It's going to be this gorgeous location, like 
when I walk into the room, it is going to be writing time, all the stuff that we talked about last week, like having a ritual and a space that is the focus of this space is writing. So I was trying very hard to write my book in this office. I don't think I wrote in that office a singular time. I barely went in that room. That room did not even exist to me. I was like, I have some stuff in there. End of story. I didn't use it because the space was not the problem. Like my blocks about my book and what I needed in order to write it. I didn't actually need an office for that. So I wrote it in like every place, but I wrote on my lunch break at work. I wrote at my uh, boyfriend at the time's job. Like he would go in for overtime on the weekend and I would just go with him, take my laptop. I would work on my book while he put in a few overtime hours and then we would go out to lunch. And I'm just like, yep, I sure don't use this room in my apartment. So we're going to talk about space. The presenting problem is that you don't have enough space in your home to embrace your creative needs. If you have like a craft or a hobby or a passion that takes up a lot of space, like sewing, you know, you need a table to cut the fabric on. You need uh, something to put your sewing machine on. Like you need a chair to sit in. There's stuff that goes into that. It's not like you have a sketchbook that fits in your pocket, right? You could do that anywhere. Some things require a lot of space. Some things require less space, but we think they require more space. But all this to say, you know, I have painted on coffee tables and I've painted on my easel and I have painted at my extra little painting desk that I found on Marketplace. And the the painting process is basically the same, no matter what. I have laid on my stomach and painted on the floor, you know, like on a canvas, but I was on the floor when I was painting. All that to say that it was not that I needed a very specific space in order to do my craft. But I do really want to speak to this because for parents or people with roommates or people who just don't typically get a lot of privacy, maybe you live with your parents. Like I lived with my mom and stepdad for six months. I didn't really have space of my own. I slept in the guest room and all of my belongings were in boxes in the basement. Like I didn't really have a me spot. So I get that space is important and privacy is important. So that's why we're talking about it. Again, we're going to have three little activities. I love threes. So first up, if you don't have a lot of physical space, Something that can help immensely is cleaning up your digital space and virtual space. So this looks like leaving Facebook groups, unfollowing people on Twitter or Instagram, curating a social media experience that is supportive and does not lead to comparison or anything that makes you feel bad. So like in my past, Many of you know I have an eating disorder and I used to exercise obsessively. And almost everything that I consumed on social media was about weight loss or health in some way. And so I was seeing a lot of before and after photos, a lot of thinness, a lot of um, measuring tape imagery, right? Where it's like, oh, you're going to lose inches. I've seen a lot of smoothie bowls. And so as I entered 
eating disorder recovery, I had to do a huge overhaul of my digital spaces because every time I opened up Instagram, it was like, bam, before and after photos right in my face. Um, memes that are like, what's your excuse? I'm a mom of three. Why aren't you thin? I'm like, I don't know, genetics and medication. You want to talk about it, I guess. Mm. And then on Facebook, I was in a lot of fitness-based groups and even non-fitness-based groups. Like there's just a lot of groups on Facebook. I recently went through and audited all of the just random tag groups I was in or random shit posting groups. Like sure, the memes are funny, but I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to get lost in social media for hours a day, just laughing at memes. Like the reels are getting me. So I left the groups. Still, I'm still going down the real rabbit holes. We're all works in progress, okay? But leaving those groups where it's just like, oh, generally uh, like El Dorado shit posting. Okay, El Dorado is a funny movie. I like it. The Road to El Dorado. It's great. I don't need I don't need to see all the memes. I'll find some in the wild. My friends will share some. I'll get some laughs. I don't need to be there. I don't need to be part of this space that is curating El Dorado memes. You are equally free to join or leave whatever groups you want. The groups that I stayed in are a lot of neurodivergent groups, a lot of entrepreneurial groups, a lot of groups that are related to the things that I do want to cultivate. And even that can be a great reminder. So you open up Facebook and you're like, oh, look, this neurodivergent crafting group reminds me that I am neurodivergent and I want to craft. Okay, now it has reminded you and now you can go craft. And if you loved the ideas from last week, maybe you light yourself a little candle and I don't know, you learn to crochet from YouTube tutorials or something. You don't need a lot of space to crochet. You need some yarn and a little stick thingy with a hook at the end, which is almost an Eldorado joke. I'm very funny. Next activity, once you have curated your digital space, if that so appeals to you and your spirit of creativity, is imagine what your ideal space would look like. So sky's the limit. You have all the space in the world. It's like you have cheat codes on the Sims and money is no object and you can build whatever kind of house you want. What does your creative or playful or restful space look like if it's perfect? Think about it. Maybe make a vision board. I love a vision board. Now we're doing a craft. This is very exciting now. Think about what you want and then find a way to access just a tiny fraction of it. So if in your perfect, ideal, creative space, you have fairy lights all over the walls and the walls are covered in art and you just feel so inspired by all of the the bold images when you walk in the room, I'm looking around at my office. I have art all over my wall. It's my space. This is me I'm talking about. Maybe you don't have an entire wall to put some art up on, but maybe you can get one print that really speaks to you and place that on a wall in your bedroom or your living room, somewhere where you spend a lot of time. And then every time you look at it, it'll remind you, like, I am cultivating a space where I can be creative. Again, these are baby steps. Maybe just put up like a row of twinkle lights above your bed. And so that when you see them, you're like, yes, I am a creative person and I deserve fun, adorable shit in my room. Yes. Your space can be for you, even if it is not large enough to let you have all your craft supplies out at once, basically. How do you cultivate this space? Little baby steps at a time. Reclaim the garage. Okay. And now we have the accountability task or activity or whatever. 
This looks like, so for time, it was get an outside accountability or an outside deadline. For focus, it was affirmations and reframing your self-sabotaging beliefs into believing that you are enough. And for cultivating enough space for your creativity, I want you to work on setting up a non-negotiable creativity space or restful space or whatever. Now, this might look like an end table. Like, say you take your nightstand in your room, you clean all your random stuff and like old deodorant out of it, uh, charge your vibrators, and then put your journaling supplies in it. And that is now your space. That nightstand is your space. It can be smaller. It can be a tote bag. It can be a little canvas bag with a sketchbook and a pen, or it can be a cart, like a craft cart, like those three layered carts from Michael's. My toxic trait is that I think one of those would solve any problem in the world. I'm like, do you know what I need right now? A three-tiered cart from Michael's. Every problem. Kitchen storage, cart from Michael's. I want to put snacks out on the porch for the delivery drivers, cart from Michael's. Uh, I don't know. Somebody broke their leg, cart from Michael's somehow. I don't know why, but I think that a cart from Michael's will solve every problem. But maybe it solves this problem. Maybe your cart from Michael's, you've got three different crafts. You can put one in each tier. And now you have a little roly-poly space that you can move to wherever you are. That would honestly be great for crochet and knitting. Can you imagine just having like several yarn balls and whatnot, and you can just roll it out to the couch. You're watching TV and you're knitting a sweater and you roll it back away. Carts from Michael's, you guys, they will solve the world's ills. That's pretty much it. (laughs) The meds are wearing off and I'm a little bit chaotic, but I do want you to know that you are enough and you are loved and you are creative and you do not need sprawling amounts of space in order to be creative because you, my dear, are the creativity. You, it's you. You got it. So pack up a little bag, carry it around. You're like, this is my craft purse. I love that for you. Get a craft backpack. We'll call it a craft pack. I called it dibs, dibs on craft pack. I have to Google that. I love you. You're enough. You're wonderful. And I'll see you next week. Are you ready to stop hustling to keep up with the status quo and fully create on your terms? Check out my free masterclass. Art is revolution. You will come away with a renewed sense of like, fuck yeah, about your own art and passion. That is my gift to you. If I can make one more person this week go fuck yeah about their passion and their art and their creativity, let it be you. Special shout out to Ashton Powers who created my opening jingle. I love that song. I'm obsessed with it. And I sing it all the time, just in the shower. This is the neurodivergent creative. It's so catchy. Okay. I love you. Bye.